Hey everybody, it is T. Welcome back to another episode of Diary on Display. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different from the other episodes um, because of the topic that I am talking about. Um, So last week I talked about how I did not feel as though people really loved me the way that I needed to be loved. And this week I was going to record something completely different. However, in recording that, I felt like in my spirit that I just really needed to scratch it and talk about this instead. Still going along with the love topic, but this time I decided, well, I didn't decide, (laughs) the Spirit decided, Holy Spirit decided that I needed to talk about the way God loves me. I make no secret that I am a Christian, that I believe in the Lord that I love the Lord with all of my heart, that my connection with God is very important. Um, I am very sensitive to God's spirit. I have spiritual giftings that oftentimes I'll see something, hear something, I'll dream. Um, I'm a seer. It's a spiritual gifting that God has given me. And it is a very heavy mantle to carry. And in this season of me understanding and walking through the healing process of loving myself, um, I feel like God is very paramount in this process with me. It's very important to me that I go through this process with my God. And in this process, I have prayed and asked the Lord to teach me how to have intimacy in his presence with him and to teach me how to love him correctly because a lot of times as humans our version of love is very selfish it's very self-centered and my god is very selfless and so if the word tells me that i am to love the Lord my God with all my heart and then I am to love my neighbor as I love myself I must first understand how much the Lord my God loves me that way I am able to internalize that love and be able to adequately pour out love for my neighbor the way that I love myself you see where I'm going with that a lot of times in the church, I've heard that, that same passage of love your neighbor as you love yourself, but we don't teach people how to love themselves. We don't tell them that it's okay for them to love themselves. In fact, it has been my experience that we teach people the opposite of that, that we tell people that if there's any offense or wrong done to them, that they should be passive in handling that situation. And then we tell them that they need to work themselves to the bone to prove love to people. And then we tell them to find solace in God. But how do we find solace in a God that 
tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves, but but we neglect ourselves, you know? And I, I just don't believe that that is what God is saying. God doesn't tell us that actually at all. I feel like that's, that's some um, misinformation that I have heard from the pulpit, pulpit, not necessarily saying that all all preachers and churches say that or believe that, but I have heard that said before where you everything is, is works based and and you find solace in God but then they tell you how not good enough you are to be in God's presence but that God chose to love you anyway <laughs> despite in spite of you and to me that sounds like a very abusive God and a very narcissistic God and my God is perfect if my God is perfect he would not have these imperfect human qualities you know just wouldn't happen so in my prayer time i've asked god to show me and lead me in intimacy and in my spirit i have heard to go back and study and reread song of solomon or song of songs in the bible and i did that i did that yesterday with one of my really good friends and she and I reread the first chapter at least three times and we got stuck on it and I haven't gotten past it. <laughs> so I'm going to go over a few things that we kind of talked about in processing this today. Um, so if you're still with me, I really pray that the love of God touches you in such a deep way that you completely just be enveloped in it, that you'll feel the warm presence of the Holy Spirit with you. I just really pray that you feel love today. Because before this year turns over and into next year, before we make all of our resolutions, I believe that we need to be reminded to take a step back and really care for ourselves at our core. But I need to be reminded that in order for me to care for myself the way that I need to be cared for, I need to consult the one who created me. Um, yesterday, my friend asked me a question. She asked me, what do I believe long suffering means? In various versions of the Bible, um, when describing the fruit of the spirit or when describing what love is in 1 Corinthians 13, they'll use the word long-suffering instead of patience or something like that. And after the year that I've had, even though on paper it may look like I in all honesty, it may look like I backslid or whatever. <laughs> but in all honesty, I've actually grown closer in my relationship with God in the middle of all that mess because I really got a chance to understand his grace and how much he valued me more than he cared about the type of sin that I participated in. He cared for my heart and that my heart continuously went back to him more than the, the dirt and the puddle of mud that I decided to wade in. He cared for me more than any of that. And going into the field that 
the Lord is calling me to into the field of mental health. God has worked on me with compassion. And in order to be compassionate, you really have to understand that you have to love people where they are and love them through their brokenness to help them heal and get to where they need to be. And so when she asked me what I believe the definition of long-suffering actually is, because I've always heard people say, oh, it's patience. But I believe long-suffering is deeper than that. It is having the self-control to put your wants and desires aside to love someone else the way that they need to be loved through their mess. And God does that with each and every one of us. He doesn't care about the broken pieces. He still sees the beauty in the broken pieces. In fact, from the broken pieces, he sees the masterpiece that he can create from it. God doesn't care about all the stuff that a lot of the times people from the pulpit will say God cares about. No, a lot of times, and I'm just going to say it, and whether people like it or not, that it's not my business. I'm just going to say it. A lot of times from the pulpit, we preach in a certain image and we, we don't tell people that it's okay for them to go through their messy process. We just tell people, you came as you were. And when you leave here, you're going to look different. You're going to be different. But they don't tell you that that process is very hard. It is messy. They don't walk with you through it. They don't disciple you through it. They give you a picture of what Christianity is supposed to look like. And then they condemn you if you fall and fail on the way there. But my God does not condemn. He might convict, but he does never. He never condemns. And that is one of the main problems that I have with a lot of a lot of uh, preachings and teachings that I have heard or even my own experience within the church, having a background in ministry. I've, I've seen it firsthand. I've experienced stuff like that. And I'm telling you, it's, that's, that's very dangerous. It's very dangerous to put that on people and just say, stuff like that because God will walk with you he promises us to walk with us in fact um one of the things that me and my friend got stuck on in um song of songs the first chapter I'm reading from the passion translation because I like the way it says it it's a conversation between the Shulamite woman and the king and she tells him in verse 5, I know I am so unworthy and so in need. Imagine yourself, well, I imagine myself being this, this Shulamite woman saying, I am so in need of you and I'm so unworthy. But then in right after she says that the next verse, his response to everything that she said about herself was, yet you are so lovely. 
that is the only response that he gave that was, I know I am unworthy and I am in need and I know I'm in this darkness and I know I'm, I'm, I'm messed up and I know I'm, I don't do the things that I'm supposed to do. And his response was not, he, his response was not to say, yeah, but I love you in spite of all of that. Yeah, I know you're broken. That's why I'm here and you need me to fix it. No, that was not his response. His response was, yet you are so lovely. And a lot of times um, we neglect to go to God in our mess because we feel like all he sees is our mess. And we completely misunderstand how lovely we are in his sight. Because um, after he says, yet you are so lovely, she is like, she ignores that. And she's like, but I feel as dark and dry as the desert tents of the wandering nomads. And his response yet again is, yet you are so lovely like the fine linen tapestry hanging in the holy place. And let me pause right here. During this time, it was not uncommon for people to have nomadic lifestyles. They walked in the desert, they carried their tents and everything with them, and those tents became dirty and worn over time. They became heavy, they they dried up. You had to, you had to really keep up with them because otherwise I think most of if I'm not look I'm not 100% certain but I'm pretty sure I think they were made of like um like leather leathery materials that could crack you really needed to take care of them the sun would get them dark and it would get real messy and gross looking because they were nomads and that's very significant for what I'm about to say, and I, I pray that you catch it. If you catch it, you catch it good. If you don't, I'm, I pray that eventually you'll get there. But his response, yet you are so lovely, like the fine linen tapestry hanging in the holy place. Um, the holies of holies, when the Lord gave specific instructions for what the holies of holies would look like, it was a very specific. And when Israel was wandering in the desert, they carried the holies of holies with them everywhere that they went. You could not enter into the holies of holies if you were completely unclean. Any ounce of impurity, if you walked into it, you were instantly dead when you walked into the holies of holies. Okay? So, not only did God give specific instructions on what was supposed to be in the holies of holies, everything was like the best quality, everything had specific dimensions, everything was the best was in the holies of holies. And when she compared herself to the dried up dirty tents The king compared her to the beautiful linen tapestry 
that he purposely designed to be in the presence of the holies of holies. If you got it, that was deep. <laughs> that is how, whenever I read that, that is how God sees me. That is how much love God has for me. And I believe that I'm recording this for a reason because there might be someone who needs to understand that you are loved by your creator. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You are not overlooked. There is nothing wrong with you. You were beautifully and wonderfully made in the image of God. In fact, so beautifully and wonderfully made, all of us were, that 99%, this is a scientific fact, 99% of our DNA of all humans is identical, is that 1% that makes us different. But 99% of our DNA is identical. Why would we not be made wonderfully and beautifully in the image of God? Why would he not love us? What that tells me is that God, because God is love, God loves himself so much that he had no choice but to multiply it and create us and pour out that love on us. And to me, that is a reflection of me receiving God's love and loving myself so much that I can't contain it, that I must pour it out on other people. It, it will become second nature for me to pour out that love on other people. Because God loves me so much that I will pour out that love on other people. It doesn't matter my background. It doesn't matter what I struggled with this year. It doesn't matter if I quote unquote backslid. It doesn't matter because God saw with his compassion, my child is going through this. I'm going to extend my grace and help her walk through this process. And she's going to get it. But she needs to know how much I love her before she can truly love herself. And y'all, before this year goes out, um, I feel like that is something, like that's the thing that God wants me to, to really understand. Like walking in the next year, I'll, I'm walking, in, I will be walking into another level of, uh, a deeper level of self-love. And it's going to be transformative for me. But God wanted me to get this. I love you so much <laughs> that to me, you are like the fine linens in the holies of holies, a place that I designed for my presence on purpose. Because that's what the holies of holies did. It, it, it housed the presence of God. This was, now this is the Old Testament before Jesus came and fulfilled the law. Um, God's presence was contained in this 
holy place in being in the presence of God, your human body could not contain it. <laughs> Our human bodies could not contain it till this day. And God is saying that you are so precious to me that I view you like the fine linens that I purposely wanted in my presence. Y'all. Out of love, we naturally give. And God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only son to be sacrificed for us. God became flesh because he saw that we couldn't keep killing rams and sacrificing sheep and all this other stuff because we would never attain holiness. We could never do it. But God came flesh and walked out a human life and showed us what it was like to still be human, to still have your emotions, but still walk in that love from the Father. One of the most profound things that I've had to really understand is that Jesus was 100% human, just like he was 100% God. But in his humanity, he cried. He felt deeply. He got angry. My Jesus flipped over tables. My Jesus told people what things that they may not have liked. He dealt with persecution to the point of death. My Jesus dealt with hard emotions. He dealt with loss. He lost his best friend, John the Baptist, and he, he went away to cry. Jesus got overwhelmed with people and he was an introvert and he needed to be alone sometimes. And so he went and he found himself in solitude with, with God. And after being in solitude with God, people would still come and try to like, Hey, I need healing. And he would find compassion in his heart to heal them but he never neglected to find that solace with God and and even still even in his humanity even being 100% God his humanity while on the cross questioned why God have you forsaken me he questioned God Jesus really showed us how to be human and how to still follow the Lord and how to still be submitted and in love with God and receive that love. And through receiving that love, he was able to carry out his purpose for us. Before I can accept love from anybody else and before I can really fully learn and actually understand how to love myself, 
I need to first accept that it is okay for me and my imperfections to receive the perfect love of God, even though I don't, I may not feel completely worthy of it. Because even though I will go to the Lord and say, but God, look at me and how terrible I am. My God looks at me and says, yet you are so lovely. He doesn't see all of that other stuff when he sees me. He says, but you are so lovely. Let me tell you how I see you. Let me tell you how I see you. I see you redeemed you. I see you healed you. I see you loved you. I see a you who's walking in your purpose. I see a you who is carrying out the anointing that I have placed on you. You are you are walking in it and you are carrying out that purpose. That is what God sees, even when we don't feel worthy of it. Even if we don't think that we are perfect enough because we will never be. God says, yet you are so lovely. And so I'm working on that right now with uh, learning how to soak in his presence without asking for anything, just being there and receiving that love so that I can pull from that love love myself and then with the overflow of love that is coming from me I will naturally be able to love my neighbor the way that my neighbors need to be loved too with compassion and understanding because not everyone is in the same journey of life not everyone might has the same understanding that I have I may not have the same understanding that other people have but I must understand that I have to value the person more than I value my opinion on what they should do or what I believe should happen in their lives. That's not my business. My business is to love them for who they are. Now, in extending compassion to other people, I must also con extend compassion to myself and give myself grace. Because half the stuff that the pulpit, on the pulpit, they say I should be struck down for, God has decided to keep me. <laughs> Clearly, he has decided to keep me here. And so I must extend grace to myself the way God extends grace to me. And that way I can extend grace to my neighbor. I don't care what anybody says, it is ungodly to preach from the pulpit that people are going to hell for things that they struggle with when you are not walking them through that struggle biblically. You are not loving them and compassionately giving them the love that they deserve because you are not walking with them where they are right now. If you don't see that, if you can't walk with them through sanctification, get off the pulpit and go repent and find yourself alone with the Lord. Get back to your intimacy. And then maybe you can come back and see people where they are and love them through the process. 
compassionately, with grace, with mercy, and stop condemning people to hell when you don't know your seat is hot too, boo. Don't do it, okay? Don't do that. So I'm learning to do that for myself. Now, maybe today you got something from what I said. Maybe you did it. Maybe you zoned out a bit. I don't know. But this is me processing, receiving my love from God. Prayerfully, what I said made sense to you. Um, If it didn't, I'm sorry. But if you got it, praise God. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I love y'all. I'll talk to y'all next week in the new year when I will be another year older. Love, peace, and Afro-Grease, y'all. Bye.